This is a special Uncommon Sense podcast for 3 R FM with Amy Mullins. The interview you're about to hear is with Karis Thompson. Karis is a musician and storyteller, and he joined me in the studio to talk about his new album, Shakespeare Avenue, as well as the social, political and personal themes in his songs. Karis also played a few songs for us from his new album. And um, we're going to get into my next chat, and it is with the one and only Karis Thompson, who is a uh, folk rock singer, songwriter, and storyteller. And he certainly is, um, I would say, Melbourne alumni, and we're going to own him, even though he currently lives over in WA um, and came from not Melbourne. But we, you know, you understand why we're going to take you, Karis, and I'm welcoming him now in the studio. It's so wonderful to have him back with us. Hi there, Karis. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Amy. And yeah, Melbourne is definitely better than Frio, so <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with that one. Tick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually was going, doing my research as one does, and um, I saw that you made in a recent interview a reference to a grand final saying that doing a record almost feels like, you know, the preparation and lead up to a grand final. There's like this really intense kind of build up and, um, yeah, feeling around it. And obviously when Ireland came out a couple of years ago, that was after quite a long break and you had kids and had, you know, a lot on your plate. And now about two years later, um, we've got this wonderful album, Shakespeare Avenue. Um, and it is really fascinating. Maybe we can first get into a conversation of the background behind the album and why it's called Shakespeare Avenue and the fact that you kind of went through a bit of a process, like a physical process to do it. Yeah, well, I moved uh, my whole family. We all moved over to England to a place uh, called Dartmoor in the southwest of England, um, about half an hour from Plymouth. And uh, I went over there because I wanted to work with a guy called Sean Lakeman, and who's a, the brother of a very good friend of mine, Seth Lakeman, who he plays the strings you were just talking about. Um, he's an amazing folk musician, and um, I've been lucky enough to tour over in England probably the last 10 years with Seth. And, and since I had that friendship, I sort of opened my eyes to like Richard Thompson, Dick Gocken, uh, Christy Moore, all this kind of um, British and Irish and Scottish folk. And uh, with this record, I wanted to sort of go down that path. Previously, I'd be more sort of the Springsteen, you know, Paul Kelly, obviously. I worship the, the master. <laughs> but um, I wanted to really try a crack at this sort of more traditional kind of folk. So I went over there and, um, yeah, we lived in this 800-year-old house in this little village called Walkhampton that had just one pub. That was it. Wow. <laughs> Nothing else. But the pub was five metres from our front door. How is the ale, by the way? Because it's pretty different, isn't it? Yeah, I, I can't do the ale. I can't do the bitters. I just, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a lager man. Mm. So um, I know they sort of look down their nose at me in the pub. But um, <laughs> I had to do it. And yeah, I had sort of half the songs written. And then the other half I really wrote while I was there. I was really sort of inspired by the um, the landscape and and the history and then a musical history of, of England and Britain, I guess. Mm, and it is a really long history, that kind of folk tradition. And I am not surprised that 
the range of kind of artists and writers and musicians have been inspired by the landscape of England and Scotland and Wales and yeah. Ireland because yeah. it is pretty unique. It's it's amazing. And where we were in Dartmoor, it's where the um, illustrator from the uh, from the Lord of the Rings <laughs> grew up. So wow. you run around, you come to like a crossroad. You're like, where's Frodo? Like, what's going on here? You know. <laughs> so it was, you know, it's and it's it's uh, one thing you realise when you cruising around Britain is is it the history of the music you know and the tradition goes back a long 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 time and being I'm from Australia born here and we have an amazing long tradition here but it's um it's indigenous tradition and you know we we take it on and try to take it as part of our identity but ultimately you know we know we've invaded and we've come here and um so it's interesting to go to another place like England where ethnically you feel like oh this is this history is is part of of my genetic makeup too, mm. and um, and it's you know that they really support music over there. It's it's you know when you do a gig, it's not just the young hipsters that come out. It's like the the grannies and everyone, you know. <laughs> like it's 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 like Melbourne, really. You know, it's Melbourne's got that same thing where they get the art of music. You know, mm. sometimes it escapes people in WA. Sometimes I have to say, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of England and your experience, you know, living there briefly in the scheme of your life, um, but of course it's a big deal to, you know, uproot the family and go on a big trip. Uh, 24 hours across, um, you know, the jet lag alone is quite fun. Uh, but in terms of where you were and the kind of environment that you were surrounded by, um, I believe that there was a really gorgeous national park and some of those images that have been taken for your album um, feature this beautiful landscape and scenery, which um, I was just remarking on because it's just so lush, so green and so um, special. What did you feel when you were there? Did you feel kind of different um, different things? Were you inspired by different elements of the landscape and England um, before we get into the more, I guess, political elements of the yeah. album? Yeah, um, I was definitely inspired. I mean, to me, if anyone's ever been to the northwest of this country, the Pilbara, where we're living, where we're staying is a place called the Dartmoor National Park. It's actually the biggest national park in, in England. And it really reminded me of the Pilbara, like it is so sparse and open. They have these huge things called these tors, which are these like granite outcrops of rock that come up out of these huge hills. And they're, they're really amazing to look at. And, and there's like a spiritualness, I guess, in that country. I mean, it's where a lot of the um, alternative... Uh, like Glastonbury's not too far from there and a lot of that alternative pagan thinking is from around there and when you're mm. in that landscape you, you feel it you feel this connection to an ancient you know uh, something and I mean I was really lucky that my friend Seth Lakeman he's you know he's like ground zero of folk music in that area <laughs> so you know we're having sessions in pubs and so he was introducing us to the community and and the culture and and being like a bit of a guide I guess through this this um, traditional music world and it was, um, yeah, it was, was wonderful. I can't really imagine that. Um, I, first, before we get to other elements, the weather is kind of really important in the UK. It's almost like the most consuming thing that people think about <laughs> is whether it's overcast, if there'll be a spot of sunshine or if it's pouring rain or snowing. So what was it like over there? Where, when were you over there? 
Uh, we were there from May uh, till the about midway through till the beginning of July, and then we went for a tour of Germany with the whole family in a camper van and cruised wow. around for three weeks. We actually had like amazing weather. It was really um, people were like cursing our names yeah. basically, and um, <laughs> it, you know it was it was, it was beautiful. Um, yeah, so I mean, I have a connection to there because the song, the album's actually called Shakespeare Avenue. I know it sounds like I'm sort of big up in myself using uh, <laughs> Shakespeare there, but it's a, a street in Bath in the West Country where my grandfather grew up, and he came out here when I was about ten years old. And one of the the title track off the record is about his journey. You know, he knew it was his last journey to come and be with family, and it's about leaving a sense of place. I guess you know he was very at home in Bath, mm. and I thought that was a a good story and um, so I had that sort of connection as well so yeah it was an amazing experience. Yeah um, I was struck when I went to Bath of how many stone buildings there are like I know in England there's a lot but in Bath it's just like just endless stone really. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a beautiful um, beautiful place and yeah. you know it's the Romans and the whole the the, uh, the layers of history is, is mm. quite amazing yeah. Um, so given that we're also doing a bit of an unintentional tourist advert for yes. England, <laughs> go over there. You're going to have a great time. Um, <laughs> go to Dartmoor. Yeah, go to Dartmoor. Go to Devon, all the all the good places. Um, but let's talk also uh, about Shakespeare Avenue. You just mentioned um, that song and it's one of my favourites off the album, although I can't really pick a favourite. But the kind of... Um, I don't know, it, ev- it evokes a feeling and yeah. it really is a good feeling when I listen to it, um, but it also does have a bit of yearning and even the lyrics, you know, goodbye to the BBC kind of gets you in the stomach. It's <laughs> <laughs> good for radio, radio announcers. Yeah. Um, I guess with these songs, I mean, I've always been a narrative songwriter um, and this is my seventh uh, studio album now and people ask, you know, what did I do different? And I think what I tried to do is go deeper with the songs, so I try to, you know, um, make them more emotive and just I really tried to be present and in the moment and in touch with life around me, uh, my family and, you know, everything. And and I just wanted these songs to be, yeah, deeper, I guess, more mature but, but deeper emotionally. So there's still a lot of narrative stuff on there. There's a lot of political stuff. Mm. That's why I'm happy to be on this wonderful program. But um, I wanted to just really try and connect with people inside and those things you're talking about yearning uh you know um emotion and nostalgia those kinds Mm. of things yeah yeah well it's very evocative I think and um I'm glad that you said that you were trying for emotion and um a deeper kind of feeling because there was certainly one song where I started to tear up and thought I was getting a bit soft because <laughs> it was really moving in a good way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. so um, I was like, wow, I'm crying over a song now. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't cry very often, but I really felt like some of those songs towards the end of the album really got me. Yeah, I mean, songs, um, you know, obviously the talking about personal experience, you know, people will identify with things in their own life and it brings up a lot of emotion. But in terms of, like, a political writing or documentation, mm. um, which is a... You know, we're talking about the English history, the bards, and, you know, it's been a long time, the troubadour. What a song does is because you have melody and, and rhythm, you can get past people's walls. You know, melody gets past people's... We put up political walls or we put up just walls of I don't want to care about that mm. or know about that. 
And what a melody does, it gets past that, it gets into people's heads, and you can get in touch with that empathy. So you can tell a story, you know, refugees, or you can tell a story about something politically they might be initially opposed to or just switch off, but because they sing the melody, they hear the story, Mm. it gets inside them and, and hopefully they'll think about something differently. So let's um, get into some of the tracks here um, that are, I guess, bringing up very different issues and they're all really, really, really timely right now. Um, I think to um, talk about Ship to Come In first, given that it's being released as a single this week and the video's just come out, how wonderful, perfect timing. And um, that is a song which... I think we spoke at the Piping Hot Chicken Shop Um, about, we were talking about gender equality and and that as an issue and you tackle a lot of really tough issues like homelessness and uh, mental health and drug addiction and, um, you know, there's just so many different elements, refugees, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those issues that I think is really hard to write a song about and it is so broad, I guess, the, the issue of the patriarchy and the way that it manifests in a capitalist democracy like Australia and America and the UK, yeah. um, let alone anywhere else. And so I was interested in that kind of how that all came to be and you are thinking about it because I know it might be quite confronting for a man sometimes it's, I mean, it to enter is. that arena. Yeah, I mean, I had to be very careful with this song because I would never want to you know mansplain or and it's not my my story to tell it's not it's not my fight but and also you know I am a man and and I am part of the patriarchy and I have um benefited from that and certainly when I was younger I was certainly not aware of that and um you know there's a lot of things I've done as a man that I'm very ashamed of and um you know, I'm very lucky to have a wonderful wife who's incredibly intelligent, very political, and I guess she's helped to teach me and evolve me, you know, and um, I'm 43 years old now and, and you know, I'm, I'm trying to change and, and be better. Um, and this song, yeah, I would, you know, I'm not an expert in, in this. There's plenty of um, women who are incredibly, incredibly you know, any woman's way more qualified to talk about this than me you know um it's a thing with gender equality it's like you know uh talking about racism you got white middle class guys telling indigenous people what it's like to be indigenous is like be quiet you mm. know and same with this as a man what you got to do is is listen you know and and try to change and try to do your best but um in terms of this song i write songs about what i feel and I felt about this subject and so I've written this song it's it's a show of support um and it's it's my way of trying to contribute I guess and um you know apart from trying to just become a better guy mm. well they're two very tangible things that a guy can do and I think that um from someone who's worked in this sector um well for yeah over six years maybe longer even I don't even know how old I am now yeah that's scary but it's certainly something that keeps coming up for us is we need men to stand up beside us 
to support what yeah, we support. have absolutely. asked for and demanded. Yes, definitely. And, that, and listen. Yeah, yeah, and listen, absolutely, yeah. because otherwise you can't provide that support if you don't know what it is that women want and need yeah. um, and what the inequities are. So I think this is like actually a really important contribution and it's great to see it coming from you. Um, and so, yeah, congratulations on attempting it and succeeding because I think it is a great song. Yeah, I mean, I just thought about my wife and I thought about all the women that, that I know and things they've been through, you know, just, just to exist, just to walk down the street. And once again, I'm completely been a huge part of that. And like I said, there's so many things I wish I could change when I was younger, stuff I wish I could change a year ago, but I'm, uh, I'm trying to be a better man and, and I think the more men that go out there you know and do that things things can can uh, hopefully get better in the future I mean don't stand there and tell a woman what it's like to be a woman like you just do not know just just yeah. listen be quiet you know so um apart from I've told everyone to be quiet I'm going to sing a song but anyway <laughs> So I'm um, speaking with Karis Thompson. His new album is Shakespeare Avenue and we're going to hear this song, Ship to Come In, which has come out today as a single and also the video. And I'll just get you all ready to go, yep. Karis. No Here we go. It's the longest war, it's never been won Can't let down your guard, put down your gun Guys on the corner say it's just a bit of fun It's a rich man's world, thinks and knows it all Beware what you say, beware where you walk These are dangerous days to try to make it home We wait for us ship to come in We wait to be safe in our own skin Strong beautiful girl flies through the air raises a leg above her head Demons drag her down try to strip her bed I've seen you run I've seen you cry, seen you rebuild, seen you roll the dice I've seen you fight to draw the line We wait for our ship to come in We wait to be safe in our own skin We wait for our ship to come in We wait to be safe in our own skin. Wow, it's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I was, um, I was also, I was in Melbourne at the time where I thought about the whole Taylor Harris mm. thing that happened with the photograph. So that's the second verse is about that. And um, yeah. Thanks. I'm so glad you like it. No, I do. I love it. It's And it's amazing to hear it live. I've got to say, it's just like even more special. And I feel like there's something about it, perhaps because you are a live performer and you do so much touring and live performances that there is a real 
uh, emotive, raw, kind of um, earnest element in the way that you perform your songs from my perspective as, a, as someone like soaking it up as an audience member. Yeah, I mean, you've got to, especially with that song, I, I feel a, a lot when I'm singing, you know, if, if you're not feeling it yourself, how do you expect mm-hmm. other people to feel it? So, um, you know, I've been doing this a long time and it, this is what I've, this is my thing, you know, so I've just got to do it as best I can every time. Yeah. yeah. Um, you were just actually in Bendigo over the weekend, I saw, yes, doing yeah. some, um, yeah, amazing work. And there's a great lineup, obviously, over there. Um, how is it in terms of performing in those environments when it's kind of as part of a festival and, um, you know, there are a whole range of acts there? It's like a bit of a melting pot. Yeah, I guess you. Um and this is one thing with getting older, you, you try to find the thing that makes you you, you know, whatever makes you unique. Um, you know, um, no two artists are alike, no two humans are alike. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you try and find the thing and, and you try and um, uh, make it more defined, I guess. You know, you've got less time, so you maybe choose the songs that really come out and, mm. and stay with people. Yeah. Um, it, I'm reminded of uh, a moment you posted when you were away in England and you performed in Salisbury Cathedral, which is amazing because that's it's such an important landmark in English history and architecture and even art because John Constable uh, painted Salisbury Cathedral a number of times um, because he was so inspired. It's the tallest spire in the UK. Um, what was it like performing in some of those really different venues over in the UK and also with Seth? Yeah, incredible. I mean, Salisbury Cathedral, that was a thousand people, you know, and then you're in this this cathedral that's a thousand years old, you know, it was it was like uh, you'd be playing and you just look up and you go, wow, you know, it's mm. incredible. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm really lucky with Seth Lake. I mean, he's got such a huge um, fan base and they're all they're all different ages and, and they really get the songwriting thing. I mean, you know, he's a narrative songwriter. He's more doing like traditional stories, but um, they really listen. So it was, it was uh, you know, a great experience for me and, and that sort of opened the English market I guess for me you know because um, I'm getting in front of English crew rather than just heaps of Australians in London which <laughs> happens to a lot of Australian acts when you go over there. Yes that's true. <laughs> Sells out with Aussies and they're like we're trying to play it English. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like when you're over there it's like it feels like half of the population is Australian or New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably isn't the case but you do yeah it feels like you could almost run into someone from Melbourne in London yeah, I mean, I was lucky because there is a real resistance in the English music scene as well to yeah. another Australian. But because <laughs> Seth sort of took me under his, you know, his name is like, you know, opens doors over there. And it, mm. the, the fact that he sort of played on this record and help, has helped me out just in the folk world, people go, oh, right. You know, and he's a lovely, lovely human being too. Yeah, an amazing live performer. I remember you both toured together, I think it was 2012. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I saw you both live twice with my sister and he his kind of um jam I guess is like he sings and he plays the violin and the viola and he's really multi-talented amazing musician mm. yeah yeah and he has that folk thing which I tried to tell if everyone's ever heard Dick Gocken um you know it's interesting when you hang out with those guys like Seth they'll, they'll see like Springsteen a Springsteen video or, or live gig and they'll go 
oh, it's just too showbiz, you know. Mm. They, they, whereas I see that and I go, oh, I love that rock and roll, you know. But that folk thing, they're like, no, nah, it's, it's just too too showbiz, you know. So when they, they really deliver the music and the song and, and um, it's just an interesting approach. There's like another, there's an edge to it, I think, that is that is different. Um, and for this record, I listened to heaps and heaps of um, Dick Gock and Handful of Earth, which is an incredible folk record. But as my friend Seth said, it's like he's about to have a fight, you know. It's just, it's so edgy and just, mm. and so um, I tried to bring a bit of that to, to what I do, I guess. And um, yeah, yeah, not the fight bit, but the edge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I'm reminded of acoustic at the Norfolk Volume One because there are a lot of folk instruments engaged in that. Um, album and the songs relevant to that album and there was violin and mandolin and harmonica and so many kind of other instrumentation that um, sometimes doesn't appear as prominently on other albums and it was interesting that the strings have been brought back unsurprisingly um, on this one what was it like for you writing these songs and then also recording them to incorporate the the other elements of string instruments I mean, I always think acoustic violin and mandolin has always really worked really well for my music. And with Ireland, I guess I tried to move away from that just for a record to mm. do something different. But uh, I always knew I was going to do this, Seth was going to play on it. So I was really thinking about that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I think it's interesting you took, you know, Seth, you talk about his performance live. Interesting enough, he said to me the first time he thought about performing like that was he saw the waifs at Port Ferry, like, 20 years ago and he was yeah. just hit by this idea with people think with acoustic instruments you have to make them small and it's this little but he's like no just make them big like treat it like a rock band go for it loud and proud turn them up mm. and I think when you play acoustic instruments like that it's it's a really um, authentic intense in your face thing and, and whether it's violin or mandolin as long as you still treat it like you're an electric guitar in a punk rock band <laughs> it's great you know yeah it's it's so cool um to hear people rocking out on a violin yeah because yeah. it can be done and yeah. i've seen it before though i remember going to queenscliff music festival and you were there actually and i think it was the same year that jan tearson was performing in um qmf which now seems quite unlikely because he's so big but he quite literally broke nearly every string on his violin to play the songs that he did and it was quite phenomenal and you are supported uh on this tour by lucy fisher who's a fantastic uh, musician herself and I know has played with you before um, what's it like to kind of reunite with Lucy yeah, on this? she's an amazing violin player and we both come from the same sort of performance school I guess and we're about energy and rocking out you know we were playing acoustic guitar and a violin but we're about energy we're about mm. getting the energy with the crowd and getting them involved and lifting them getting them dancing getting them getting them into it so um yeah, if people come down to Northcote on Sunday doing a matinee show, but um, we'll be trying to get everyone moving. So Lucy and I, we just connect like that and we, you know, we go for it. Yeah. Take no prisoners. Ha <laughs> bring it on. Um, let's talk about Shoulder, which is yeah. a fantastic song. And um, I remember first hearing it, you kind of did a bit of a little preview for us down at the Piping Hot Chicken shop before you went to the UK. And there were a couple of songs you played from this um, new album. One was Shoulder and I think from memory the other was Jägen, which was amazing as well. 
Um, and I'm really interested in shoulder given the state of politics in Australia, which seems to be constantly declining in terms of politicians taking accountability for the issues that they are quite literally employed to manage. I know, and at the same time we've got New Zealand where we just look and go, please, can, we, <laughs> can, she just, can we just Swap. can she take, yeah, how yeah. about we just be part of New Zealand now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it Norfolk that wants to become part of New Zealand? I All think right. they just decided. They, yeah, I saw it in the news a week ago. I was like, good like, on you. I, like I hope it stuff. works out. I hope it all happens. Yeah, I mean, I, this song, Shoulder, I wrote um, the last few years. I've been doing a lot of workshops out in a place called Midland, which is sort of like um, outer suburbs of Perth. It's sort of pretty rough town. And it was at the same time we had all our, you know, million leadership changes. And, um, and I was just sort of struck by this idea that, you know, uh, people in the major parties, both of them, they've got you know no idea what it's like to live in a in a poor suburb like that, or what people are doing, or, or maybe they know but they don't seem to care because they're just mm. too busy with power struggles. Yeah, possibly don't care. Yeah, and then the second yeah. uh, the second verse actually written, I was from back when I was working here and I was um, doing some landscaping. I was working out in Tarnit. Oh wow, gosh, and, uh, it's growing, isn't it? Yeah, we were. Uh, it was really early on, and we were uh, working on this um, amazing sort of community garden. But we'd we'd plant all the plants, and then like on the weekends, the kids would come and like tear them all up, and we'd come back and plant them again. <laughs> so um, yeah, I sort of it was a bit of a metaphor, I guess. So yeah, so I wrote this song called um, called Shoulder.
700 waiting for you to click your fingers and decide All they want is freedom, any chance of living You wouldn't care about that We're waiting for nothing For a country to grow a heart I was dreaming of a shoulder that could bear the weight of the world But you let us down every time You let us down every time Thank you for that. Gosh, it's so beautiful too. I don't. I feel like I'm running out of adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's so yeah. It really does grab you. It's one of those things when you're talking about like bringing down walls and political ideology. That's exactly what I feel like it does. Is you kind of get caught up in the emotion of it and the significance and effects of political inaction and yeah. Yep. And you really feel that and it kind of, I think, yeah, you understand more why politics then is important. Yeah, I mean, people would say I'm not a political person. I'm like, are you breathing air? I mean, yeah. if, I think if you're a human being, by being a human, you, you are, you're existing in this world and this world is political. And, um, you know, I think we, we leave it a, a strange time when there's sort of uh, nuances sort of being lost. So people are finding, it, you know, they don't, discuss things it's like these really short thing and you lose discussion mm-hmm. you lose um you lose communication in that but um we're also at a time when people sort of have this idea that oh you know we can justify everything we can justify like a hard right ideology because it's there you know i think it's also important to go no some things are wrong mm. some things are true there are essential truths and um you know so songs can be can be really good about that and you know programs like yours that you just do an amazing amazing job of um you know fighting the good fight <laughs> so, like, i've got to say sometimes it can get quite demoralizing <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's why i've also focused on some of those issues that really this song kind of alludes to which is about people who perhaps don't have a voice or don't have the power that politicians have and that are kind of getting caught up in a bit of a heartless system yeah you know and there are so many people who are caught up in that from you know new start and disabilities and people who don't have a home to go home to and people fleeing from a domestic violence situation. So many people. And I'm also interested in your work because I know you've been teaching music to some young people and also out in more rural regional areas over in WA. Has that also given you some perspectives and different ways in? Absolutely. Give me a lot of empathy. And I mean, it's wonderful to hang with young people, you know, I mean, Young people are fantastic and, you know, it's really interesting talking about, um, you know, gender issues like that. When you speak to a lot of young boys, I mean, they're so far ahead. You know, I wish I wish I had that when, you know, they're not caught up with a sort of a lot of that toxic masculinity stuff that, that I definitely grew up with and, um, you know, and you can see changes. And I guess one of the amazing things that we're seeing, one of the developments today is young people getting involved in the political process and standing up, I mean, thank mm, God, you know, yeah. these people, you know, leaving school and marching and, and you just think, 
you know, wow, as, you know, youth, it is just a beautiful, wonderful thing. And, and what I do is, um, you know, people that haven't been able to tell their stories, songs are a wonderful way to do that. Storytelling is a way of taking ownership of your narrative. And it's the same thing for a lot of young people. They, people old people tell them how it is, you know, and they're <laughs> like, well, actually, this is how it is. And here's my song, you know, um, mm. have a listen. Mm. Um, and I'm reminded of our conversation last time, which was quite a while ago now, but I revisited it and remembered that you yourself had some formative experiences growing up out, you know, in regional areas and particularly um, Peppermanate, which is a very small town in Australia. And you have been um, certainly had the chance to interact with and understand um, our first peoples here in Australia in a lot a lot greater depth than I know a lot of people would have. How has have those issues that people the inequities that Indigenous Australians are still facing? How has that influenced you? And kind of I know there are a few songs that have touched on those experiences. Yeah, I mean, I was doing a gig the other day, and I've got a song called "Born with a Broken Heart," which is about you know young Indigenous um, guys in you know or just Indigenous people in in general. And, and a guy came up and said, "Oh, so." You know, born with a broken heart. So are you saying like the heart can't be mended? Like, what are you saying? You know, what's the answer? And I was like, well, you know, I'm big. You know, John Lennon once said, you know, a songwriter's job's not to come up with the answer. Like, I'm not an expert. You know, definitely not. But you definitely ask the questions, mm. and songs should start a discussion. And I was like, well, that's sort of the point of the song. Like, don't ask me, mate. <laughs> ask some indigenous people. You know, yeah. To ask ask them what what they feel they need to start moving, and you know. I would have thought like a, a, a treaty would be a, a good start, um, but you'd have to speak to – there's plenty of amazing Indigenous leaders and amazing Indigenous people out there. Speak to them, ask them, you know, listen. Same mm. thing, just listen. Yeah, and that's one of the issues that is really important federally at the moment uh, in politics is reconciliation and it not being a symbol – that it actually means something um, or that's what certainly the statement of the heart kind of seemed to make clear is that it wasn't really about symbolism. It was about, you know, real outcomes and real recognition and... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a... It's a you know, and part of my songs, I still think Australia, we, we, we haven't begun yet, you know. I don't think we will... You know, we're talking about New Zealand, uh, mm. you know. Um, great example. I think we haven't we haven't started yet until we can work out these things and, and start discussions without it being a political football um, and without catering to hardline conservatives or being scared of them. You know, I think the shoulders a little bit about. I just like to see our politicians leading. You know, you know, you lead because you know this is the right thing to do. You go there, say it. People will follow you. People will appreciate it. People will appreciate someone just saying, well, I don't know the answer, but let's find out. Mm. Yeah, and that's something um, which is, I guess, become more obvious as time goes on. Given the last election, we didn't see a policy platform really from the Liberal <laughs> Party. And now they're just saying, oh, well, you voted us in. This is what you wanted. Well, I don't really know. Did we sign off on that? Because I don't think you had policies. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all these kind of political songs, even lies from the last album, it still becomes so relevant, sadly. Um, and I think putting pressure on people and making us 
the the kind of electorate have a bit of a perspective reset and realize that politicians are representing us they're yes. working for us yeah and they're not well not many of them are doing a particularly good job yeah and i mean people you know that thing where people say oh, i'm sort of turned off by politics arms oh, you know but it's a, a say that's the major parties like mm. you know if if you if you're disillusioned with them Find an independent, or you know, vote for a minor party, or but vote. You know, politics. This this is life. You, you, this is what happens when you don't get involved. So, make your vote count. Vote. Find someone who's got the policies you agree with, and vote for them. You mm. know, it's that's that's democracy. Like you don't have to vote for Labor and Liberal every time. You don't. Yeah, and it's certainly changing. Even yeah, in the last five quickly, years, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm certainly in Melbourne. I mean, that's we we love this town because people are they are so political and they're so aware, and they care. You know, it's a wonderful, wonderful city. Yeah, I'm thinking that we might want to get to another a song, song if yeah. you're interested. Yeah, no worries. Because um, we've just heard Shoulder, and before that, Ship to Come In, which came out today as a single. Of course, the album came out. Was it how long ago now? Uh, it was about a month. A month. Yeah, yeah. Yep, it came out early October. Yep, yeah, yeah. And so, um, I mean, when I was looking at the track list, I've got to say I really struggled to pick what, as I've said, are my favourites. One I was surprised that I really loved was the last track, You See Through, because oh, it was yeah. so, yep. it's such a different, interesting melody that you've created in yeah. that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also really love Shakespeare Avenue. I mean, I think they're all fantastic. So oh, <laughs> I hate to sound like I'm on the fence about yeah. anything because I usually... When, when's your show going national? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually the funny thing about this show is that it's it's quite international and national. Yeah, yeah. It's lovely to hear from listeners when they say, I'm in Canberra and I'm listening or, you know, I'm over in Norway or Japan and they're listening. So it feels really lovely to have such a broad thinking, open-minded, passionate community. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful show. I mean, it's a triple R, it's just a wonderful station, mm. you know. It's, um, yeah, it's so, so great to, uh, to be in, yeah. Yeah, it's so lovely to have you in again. Karis, I'm... Don't, I'm not going to be too selfish, so I'll leave it to you as to pick which oh, no, you want. I'll play um, Shakespeare Avenue yeah, for you. Yeah, sounds said before. amazing. That was one of your, um... Now let me just get the sound up for you. So, uh, yeah, thanks a lot for listening. My name's Karis Thompson. I'm down at the Northcote Social Club on uh, Sunday. And uh, thanks for listening to my political rants. But um, I'm going to leave you with a, a non-political song off the record. This is the title track. It's called Shakespeare Avenue. Sussbury Hill A pine at the bare flat With my brother Bill My mother was mayor of this town This town is me We sold it all When we lost Terry And these walls They won't crumble down This high It beats loud This is my last journey Farewell to Shakespeare Avenue Farewell to the BBC Do this for those you love Do this for family Farewell to Shakespeare Avenue Farewell to a part of me At 
the top of the hill The houses in a row No more Sunday brunches With those I know But I see my grandkids grow up For you I cross the sea This town knew me when I was young This town knew Terry And these walls, they won't crumble down And this heart, it beats loud I know I won't be coming home This is my last journey Farewell to Shakespeare Avenue Farewell to the BBC Do this for those you love Do this for family Farewell to Shakespeare Avenue Farewell to a part of me side of the world so much is different here I don't look back I hold no fear young men we storm around with our plans and schemes when the dust settles they didn't watch you leave they didn't watch you leave Farewell to Shakespeare Avenue Farewell to Shakespeare Avenue <laughs> It's so oh, joyful and sad kind of at the same time Oh thank you yeah, well, yeah. that's that's uh, I guess life you know yeah. it was about my grandfather and uh beautiful that he that he left his home um with his with his wife to come to australia to be with us kids but it you know must have been hard for him to live leave such a, a beautiful home where his brother was and his family was and yeah it's about sense of place i guess you know a town that that knows you that knows who you are mm. and when did he come across out of curiosity. Well, I would have been 10 years old, so that was oh, that 30 years ago, yeah. yeah. I mean, he loved the um, – he did love the beach. Uh, he, my grandfather used to always say, you know, a handsome man is always slightly sunburnt. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. With wise words. It doesn't take much for me to sunburn, but you, you might take a bit longer. Oh, no, I'm the, no? I'm the same. Yeah, I think we're from the uh, yeah, same heritage yeah. there. Yeah, I in- go in the sun for about five <laughs> seconds. That's why, you know, I love Melbourne. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. It's ironic that you're over in WA, which is like nearly always sunny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, to remind our um, fabulous community, you are going to be here still for a few more days and you're going to be playing at the Northcote Social Club on Sunday, as you mentioned, in a matinee performance. When does it start? Yeah, it's uh, one till four, so doors open at one. And, um, yeah, I'm going to do two sets from 1.30 um, so I can get through a lot of these songs. And, um, yeah, it's going to be going to be great. It's always – I love playing the Northcote Social Club and, and I, I mean, I love playing Melbourne. It's one of my, you know, uh, biggest followings, I guess, mm. around the world. Yes, and I should mention we have a number of 
coastal listeners. So there oh, yes. is a reprise gig at the Piping Hot Chicken Shop in Ocean Grove, yes, isn't there? Yes, the night before, Saturday the 16th, this Saturday night. So, um, yeah, come down. There's still, I think there's about 30 tickets left. So, um, yeah, yeah. Get, in, get in quick. Yeah, it's a wonderful intimate and really raucous crowd usually so yeah <laughs> should I mean be good. I love you know a perfect venue for me is that sort of 100 to 200 mm. capacity where I can really connect connect with people and you know the audience uh, as much a part of the show as as I am you know that's what I, I believe performance is about it's a, a special thing coming together and at making an event, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as I said at the start of this interview with Karis, Ship to Come In just came out today as a single, as did the video. I'm Amy Mullins, and you've been listening to the Uncommon Sense podcast. Uncommon Sense is a radio show broadcast on 3RRR FM in Melbourne every Tuesday between 9am and 12pm.